The word of the Lord from Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 to 6 and 16 through 21. Jesus said, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you fast... Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Alms, prayer, and fasting. That is what our gospel reading is about. Alms are about how you treat others. Prayer is about how you treat God. And fasting is about how you treat yourself. When it comes to alms, Jesus says to give to the needy in secret without a show that would earn praise by others. Don't sound a trumpet to be praised by others, he says, because then what you're doing isn't righteous. You're supposed to give to the needy, right? You're supposed to share with others from what God has entrusted to you. So, for instance, John the Baptist preaches to the crowds in Luke chapter 3, whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none, and whoever has food is to do likewise. Well, we're not all tunic people, so let's try coats. If you have two coats, then share with him who has none. And since you can only wear one coat at a time, it would follow that if you have three coats, you can share with two who have none. At least that makes the math easy, but it's still not that simple. You have different coats for different things. You have the winter jacket, the raincoat, the parka, the windbreaker, the nice coat for going out, and you could give all but one away, but you'd look a little funny, say, in the parka on a restaurant patio in springtime, or duck hunting in a sport jacket. 
It's sensible then to have different coats for different weather and activities. Depending on where you work too, different coats might be necessary to go with different outfits and responsibilities. But is it also possible to have more coats than you need? You know it is. So now you've got to figure out how many coats are godly. How many coats can you have before you have too many and you're not sharing enough? You could make a rule. For every 10 coats, you'll give one to the needy. But that's your rule, not God's, so the questions are going to keep coming. Why not two out of 10? Why not three? How many coats must you give away to be righteous? Or are you trying for something else? Instead of trying to be righteous, are you trying to feel like you're being charitable enough? In which case, the question can be uncomfortably reframed as, are you trying to be righteous before God? Or are you trying to be self-righteous before man? Maybe better questions are these. Can you make yourself righteous by giving away clothes? Can you maintain righteousness by giving away clothes? If you're trying to make yourself righteous, then you have your reward. And when your life comes to an end, remember you are dust, and to dust you will return. Well, that's all kind of frustrating. In fact, it sounds like I just worked hard to discourage you from helping your neighbor. So maybe you're thinking that I'm saying you should never give to charity at all. To which I would respond that it's true that you would then no longer be practicing righteousness at all. Instead, you will skip straight to practicing unrighteousness, and that is no less damning. Eh, let's try prayer. Jesus says to pray in secret, not to be seen by others. As I said, prayer is between you and God, so it's pretty obvious that if you're using prayer to impress other people, then you're misusing prayer. Prayer is this mysterious, intimate conversation with God. He speaks first, telling you his law and his promises in his holy word. But rather than say, you have what you need, so leave me alone, he instead invites you to pray it back to him. He invites you to examine yourself and repent of your sin, rejoicing that he no longer counts it against you. He invites you to cast all of your cares upon him for yourself and for others, trusting that he hears and that he will consider your petitions in his divine wisdom and answer them according to his good and gracious will. He bids you to pray prayers of praise and thanksgiving, which are lovely antidotes to selfishness and ingratitude. Simply put, God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, he wants you to hear what he has to say so that you might know of his love and salvation, and he wants to hear what you have to say anywhere at any time. Yes, you. That's quite an honor and quite a privilege, this gift of prayer. That's why it's a shame if you reduce it to, I have to say my prayers because that's part of my Christian life and discipline. That's why it's not a good thing when you're asking those math questions like, how many times do I have to pray to God? Or if I don't pray, is this food still blessed? Or if I have to pray daily, does that mean that I have to read the Bible daily too? That's before I get to the part where it's so tempting to hold prayer in reserve until you can't figure out how to get yourself out of a pickle. 
And such prayers are almost lacking in any sort of praise and thanksgiving. Simply put, if you want to ruin a close relationship, tell the other, I am willing to speak with you once a week for half an hour or if I really need something from you. That doesn't foster love or familiarity, but that's how you end up treating God, which leads back to the question, how much and how well do you have to pray before you're righteous before God? Well, I'll shortcut to this question. Why do you keep implying that you become righteous by your work of prayer? And if you throw up your hands and say, why even bother praying? Then you've moved straight to willfully practicing unrighteousness. And that's not good at all. Fasting, then, quickly, is how you treat yourself. It's common in Lent for Christians to go on some sort of fast, whether that means cutting back on calories or giving up some little luxury they normally like. That is a good discipline because it reminds you that everything you have is a gift from God and it serves as a tiny reminder of what would happen if God withdrew his hand of provision. It's not for show. You don't fast to prove to others how metal you are as a Christian. You do it to remind yourself how weak you are without God's gifts. And of course, there are mathy questions that arise with this one too. If you give up the second glass of wine and stick with the one in the evening, is that enough of a fast? Does cutting back calories now count as a fast if you're really just renewing your epiphany diet that didn't work out so well after Christmas? But again, the question really is, does your work of fasting make you righteous? It does not. And I also remind you that a full tilt Leroy Jenkins into gluttony and indulgence doesn't either. All of this is why it is good that you are here. You have a dirty smudge on your forehead to acknowledge that because of sin, because of unrighteousness, you are dust and to dust you will return. Nothing you can do will make you righteous. Beware of practicing your righteousness before others because of yourself, you have none. Christ does. The righteous Son of God bears the muck of all your sins and goes to the cross. He dies for your sins so that God will not count your sin against you. You hear this profound proclamation in the epistle this evening. From 2 Corinthians 5, We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God made his son to be sin. He condemned his son in your place for your sin. Why? So that in him you might become the righteousness of God. There is no righteousness of you, no matter your almsgiving, praying, and fasting. But because Christ has died for your sins, he makes you the righteousness of God. Christ died for your sins, but he didn't return to the dust. He rose again on the third day, proof that the Father has accepted the sacrifice for your sin. Risen again and ascended on high, his days of humiliation and suffering are over. 
He will return in glory to deliver his saints. His people made the righteousness of God by his blood. Though you sin, you are redeemed. Though you return to the dust, that is not the end of your story. The same Lord who formed Adam from the dust of the ground will raise you up on the last day to everlasting life. For now, you are still in this Lent. Cling to Christ, repent of your sins, and rejoice in his righteousness for you. Oh, and keep giving alms, keep praying, keep fasting. For while your good works are still stained with sin, your Savior who has sanctified you sanctifies them too. And so you are his hands and feet when you help the one in need. You know that the Father hears your prayers and wants to because the risen Son intercedes for you. You know that each fast is now a reminder that you will lack nothing on the last day because Jesus will raise you from the dead. Cling to that and you'll find it a joy to give alms, to pray, and to fast. I implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. The Son has died to give you life, and for his sake, you will live forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.